The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it. Believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a pro-lie president to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is lying with statistics, also known as the statistical fallacy and the fallacy of curve fitting. So the statistical fallacy or lying with statistics uh, actually kind of covers a couple of different types of of using numbers to to tell lies or to right. misinform people and it also crosses over with quite a few other um logical fallacies like cherry picking and causation versus correlation things we've talked about before yeah yeah but what we're specifically talking about in our first example is using specific numbers to make it seem like you know a lot more right. about what you're talking about. That's kind um, of because, Trump, one of us, a proper Trumpism, isn't it? To find yeah, a really specific absolutely. thing to make it look like he talk, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. It really is. And it, and it makes it seem like if you're being specific, you must have some kind of information. You must have yeah. a source that's given you that information and therefore you probably know what you're talking about. It's, it, it gives that impression. Yeah. But it's not, not always the case. So, um, on the 27th of January this year, Trump tweeted, We are not even into February, and the cost of illegal immigration so far this year is $18,959,495,168. <laughs> cost Friday was $603,331,392. There are at least 25,772,342 illegal aliens not the 11 million that has been reported for years in our country. So ridiculous. DHS. What's DHS? Now, that DHS at the end there is yeah. presumably intended to imply that these figures come from the Department okay. of Homeland Security. Okay. Not some dumb hick statistic. Yeah. The weird thing is the only figure there that comes from the DHS is yeah. that 11 million figure. Okay, <laughs> reported for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which actually in December of last year they said was probably closer to 12 million. That's about how many they think uh, illegal aliens are in the US. But from, from Not when? 25.7 million. No, no. But where, from, um, when is the 11 million from? Like since uh, that's 14th from 2015. Since... It was 11. They oh, okay. reckoned it was 11 million in 2015, and it okay. had probably gone up a bit since then. Basically, so it right. wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near the peak, which was somewhere in 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those numbers still are really specific. Yeah. <laughs> Way Where out. Where they come from? From yeah. most people's <laughs> estimates, and and yeah, yeah most that a lot of people. Uh, immediately after that we're saying well we, these are just made up we, we don't have any clue these aren't yeah. these don't tally with any um any statistics that we've heard about yeah and certainly if you if you look at um any of the kind of official statistics the center for immigrant studies and immigration studies and things like that they are they are way off yeah so someone found where they actually came from and right. typical to trump it's yeah. because he was watching a right-wing cable channel. Oh, no. No. So, yeah. so did, he, did he, he must have written it, did he write it down? I mean, he that's did, the, oh, he must have done. Yeah, because um, you can't remember a number that specific without actually no, sitting there and writing it down. There's, there's a, a cable channel called One America News Network, and they had a um, a, a graphic showing the, the cost, it says, of illegal immigration. And it has that $18 billion okay. figure of yeah. the total cost this year. Um, 
it does have the twenty five million seven hundred and seventy thousand figure of of illegal immigrants, but it doesn't yeah. say illegal immigrants. It says total aliens in USA. So that means right. all foreign people, oh, okay. not Who, illegals. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Trump got this figure and then got the figure wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, what it was referring to wrong. So actually, well. that that includes many of the cast from Men in Black, uh-huh. yeah, those those kind of aliens, <laughs> and yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson and etc. Yeah, uh, Dennis Rodman definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the figures that he quoted there. Yeah. It's still, I mean, even if you look at that, the the on the um, One American News Network, it says that their estimates for those on a little kind of asterisk at the bottom of the screen okay. says they're provided by the Centre for Immigration Studies, the Department for Homeland Security, Federation for Immigration Reform, and the Institute for Defence Analyses. Yeah. None of those organisations provide figures that are similar to the, to this. So oh. it's still not clear where, where the they One American News from. Network got that they seem to have maybe done some maths on some figures that they got and just added stuff together and and not shown they're working out like you're supposed to they've broken the cardinal rule yeah. they, of, of saying well this is where we got that figure and then just they back- wouldn't get oh. all of the marks in their no. maths exam definitely. <laughs> no no and it, and it is it's convincingly specific isn't it because those yeah. there's kind of you know the 392 at the end you expect the cost to actually have 75 cents as well absolutely you know and, and when you are trying to work out the cost of um of illegal migration or immigration that's massively disputed as well yeah so you can't they they he's literally got it down down to the dollar i'm surprised it didn't go down yeah. to cents but <laughs> exactly. um <laughs> but, but actually, but, but depending on who you are, oh well, nobody really knows that. <laughs> that's that's bizarre. Yeah. But he's he has suggested an amount in the region of two hundred and twenty to two hundred and fifty billion dollars a year that it costs that illegal immigration costs. That's unclear where that came from. Yeah. But if you kind of divide that by the number of months or the number of days up to that point, it's it's roughly that eighteen billion figure but okay. but that's way above even the most high estimates yeah. of how much illegal immigration costs the Fe- federation for american immigration reform which is considered a high estimate their estimate is 135 billion per year um uh, okay yeah which for total uh, illegal immigration which doesn't take into account any of the money that that um illegal immigrants put into the system because many of them pay social right. security for yeah, example yeah. but don't take any medical uh, out of that or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but but if you ask someone like the Cato Institute, which is probably more left leaning, favors immigration, they reckon the total cost per year is three point three to fifteen point six billion, which is significantly lower. Yeah. Like uh, by a factor of about twenty times compared uh, to Trump's figure. And I guess that's so, what that illustrates. Actually, is the. Um, the use of statistics to shore up one's political position. So if you yeah. hold a an anti-immigration position, you're going to find the statistics that, you know, in Trump's case, these ones from some obscure right-wing-ish channel, they just coincide with his belief. It is the cognitive bias. He goes, oh, yeah, well, I'll buy into that. Whereas the pro-immigration um side of it was would say well no it doesn't cost that much because yeah you, it's you can it might be that they they think that their number is as true as the right wing people think their number is true so it's yeah. it's but you know, if you do look at the the figures from from the Federation for American Immigration Reform yeah. or or the Cato Institute, they do show they're working. They right, do actually right. say that this is why we think this that you know there's this number of immigrants. Yeah, this yeah. is the the amount that the US spends per per immigrant and so on. So it's In not fact, as simple as plucking a number out of the air, which yeah, kind of Trump, looks yeah. looks like what Trump did here. As we said time and time again, <laughs> just because you're the president doesn't make doesn't what you make say correct. right. Yeah. So another way that you can use statistics to uh, to mislead people is to just take something out of context and not present 
it with all of the information that would be needed to understand everything. Right. And and one thing that Trump mentioned during the uh, State of the Union this week was this. All Americans can be proud that we have more women in the workforce than ever before. Now, that is true. Yeah. That is a true statement. There are more women in the workforce than ever before. There's also more people than ever before <laughs> because yeah. the population is constantly growing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not really surprising that pretty much every year there's more women in the workforce than ever before. Yeah. Um, as a percentage of the women of working age, yeah. um, it, it's not currently the highest um, it's ever been. So th that's really the, the kind of implication there is yeah. that more women of all the women who could possibly be working uh, are, are working. And that's called the labour participation rate. And that currently is about 57.5%, okay. um, which in that was highest in, in 2000. Uh, it reached oh, right. just above 60% in 2000. What he seems to be implying is also is that it's because of him yeah, or because absolutely. of the policies that he has put in place that this is happening and that it isn't just happening because there are more people... Thank actually, not not least in some part due to the number of immigrants coming into the country. Yeah, yes. it's not all just about Americans being born and you know reaching their maturity and going into the workplace. There are people coming in fully as adults and joining the workforce. And then didn't he also add because they all. Uh, everyone stood up and clapped and many of the women in white also stood up. And then he said, you know, stay on your feet because you're like this. And then he said, you know, more women in Congress than ever before. Yeah. And and the implication is that, again, that's because of him. Well, well in a way, fair, it is. That it one is. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the but one not... he can take credit for. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, but in a kind of... <laughs> It's a, no, yeah. not in a what's way he'd it, like to. No, what's the equivalent? What's the opposite of a backhanded insult? It's a kind of a. It's you know he's he's taking the credit. It's a cell phone, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the funniest bit. So finally, another State of the Union moment was was a thing that Trump said a number of times before, and he said this: One in three women is sexually assaulted on the long journey north. So this is part of his whole. Uh, fear-mongering about immigration right. thing, yeah, uh, which he loves to do. And this statistic is from a 2017 report by Doctors Without Borders, uh, which sounds reasonable. They're a, a recognised organisation. They're probably trustworthy. And, and pro to be fair to Trump, he probably doesn't know why this is a uh, a statistic that probably shouldn't be quoted with a lot of okay. confidence. Yeah. Um, but the reason it shouldn't be quoted with confidence is that this was not based on a study of all women who were immigrating into in, emigrating into the US through the southern border oh, okay. uh, or moving through Mexico or anything like that. This yeah. was a survey of 500-ish people, 400 and some people, who were treated by Doctors Without Borders. Right. So obviously that's going to skew yeah. people who have medical needs <laughs> rather yeah, yeah. than people who don't uh, yeah um but more than that only 12 percent of the people studied were women uh, oh so so this is actually a, a study that is or a, a report that's based on the experiences of 56 women <laughs> of uh, out of whom 20 odd were yeah 31.4 percent which i think is about 18 women okay um yeah said yeah. that they were sexually abused on the journey, not sexually right. assaulted, which is right. maybe slightly different. Yeah. So that's so it's an argument from small numbers in effect. It really it? is, yeah. 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 It's it's, it's just very extrapolating dodgy. it up to the twenty five million. He's implying that the that twenty five million illegal aliens, one in three of the women were yeah. assaulted. Yeah. It's uh, very dodgy to suggest yeah, that yeah. make that leap. Yeah, um, I, I suspect you know, actually that he's personally assaulted more women than that in the long journey north from Mar-a-Lago <laughs> to Washington. Yeah, I, so, for legal yeah. reasons, can't can't 
confirm that, but yeah, no. But, well, he hasn't me. denied it. I don't think anybody no, denied it. That's so, true. <laughs> based on our last last broadcast, as Marsh said, we could just do these undisputed truths. Yeah, say what we like. If he doesn't dispute it by his own um, token, then therefore it's true. Yeah. So we're now there's right. another statistic <laughs> that sometimes gets bandied around in the same vein as that one. Yeah. Uh, and it's not something I think that Trump has said but it's something that that comes up in in the same kinds of discussions and it's it's supposedly from Amnesty International okay and it says that uh, 60% of migrant women and girls are raped while migrating wow which is way bigger than yeah. one in 3 yeah and i'm not going to go through all of the detail of how this is wrong yeah <laughs> but uh, the washington post did an amazing fact check of this right. and um that it led down through many layers of, of fact checking to the original source appearing to be from a book from 1998 which says that a study of migrants estimates that 60 percent of the illegal female migrants have some sort of sexual experience in their trip toward the u.s from rape right. or coerced sexual relations to a lover okay so some of them had a boyfriend. Yeah, so it's on a on a spectrum of yeah, but that's not rape. That's, rape to some of them might have yeah. been raped, but yeah, that includes all of the people who had any kind of sexual experience on the trip. Yeah, people should look at this at this um, Washington Post article because it is really impressive the amount of detail that they went into to figure out where this number came from, yeah. and they're calling themselves out as well because they've used this figure before, ah. and they explain why they originally thought it was from amnesty international and where where they got it and and so on and so on and excitingly this um is going to go in our show notes for this episode Yay. which is the first time we've had show notes yeah. because now we have a website well, so hey. if you go to fallaciousTrump.com slash ft19 you'll see the page for this episode with the show notes and you will be able to click on that article and read all about how the Washington Post uh, found out about that. And you can do all kinds of other cool things like find out about Mark and me and uh, contact us various ways. There's even a little tool to leave us a voicemail message. So yay, and do it in your best Trump voice. And now is the time I think for Mark's British politics corner. Or do it in your um, best Boris voice. So um, I'm going to take us back to the heady days of 2018 when the so it's about a year ago actually 24th January Prime Minister's question time before they had a you know they were bothering with things like Brexit I mean you know it's a year to go for heaven's sake they didn't, weren't doing anything so this is in reply to a question from Jeremy Corbyn about the funding of the NHS and he's pointing out several figures of the fact that the uh, the money isn't being spent where the Tories are saying it's being spent and in response to that particular question Theresa May says this If he wants to talk about figures and about targets yeah, being missed Yes, the latest figures show that in England, 497 people were waiting more than 12 hours. But the latest figures also show that under the Labour government in Wales, 3,741 people were waiting more than 12 hours. Yeah, so there we have... Theresa May doing the lying with statistics. I like the fact that the this one, it doesn't kind of pretend to be a fallacy. It doesn't sort of hide behind anything. It just says lying with statistics. You're telling <laughs> great big lies. And what she's doing actually is a false equivalence. So she's stating that um, the... The latest figures show that in England, 497 people were waiting more than 12 hours, but the latest figures also show that under the Labour government in Wales, 3,741 people were waiting more than 12 hours. It's not a valid comparison. So the Minister of Wales wrote to the uh, chair of the UK Statistics Authority and says it's not a valid comparison because in England they refer to uh, they're based on those patients who've waited more than 12 hours from a decision to admit to admission to a ward. So that's 
once they've gone through triage, they've been, you know, swept up out of the waiting area and they've worked out what to do with them. And then they've said, okay, what we've got to do now is uh, keep you in. So we'll admit you to a ward. So from that moment where they say, we're going to admit you to a ward, only 497 had to wait more than 12 hours. So it could be that the place was busy or uh, they were in late at night and the wards were full of people sleeping, waiting to be discharged following day and those kinds of issues. Um, in Wales, the time is measured from the total time spent in accident and emergency departments. So from the moment that right. uh, Welsh people turn up in A&E, that's when the clock starts. Um, so they are then the time waiting to go into triage to be um, you know, assessed, to uh, be treated there and then, and then to be assigned a place. So because you're starting the clock earlier, of course you're going to get that many more people yeah, uh, absolutely. Through that, I mean, from through, experience, the, yeah. the wait you can have in uh, just in the waiting room, waiting to be seen by anyone at all, or practically be acknowledged that you're even there, can be hours and hours. So, yeah, yeah. that's really so going to have a huge difference. So, Carwin Jones, the first minister of the National Assembly, was basically the the Prime Minister of Wales. So, Wales is a for our non UK listeners is a, a devolved parliament. So, it has a. Uh, its own assemblies called the, the yeah the Welsh Assembly that looks after the local politics uh, of Wales in much the same way as the the London based government looks after England but it's not quite like that because <laughs> the irony is that uh, the central government funds the NHS in Wales so there's the the Prime Minister using the statistics in error in order to have a go at Corbyn to say that the Welsh government, which is a Labour government, um, the waiting times are massively huge compared with the waiting times in England. And he, well, if they, even if they are, and th you're equating that to poor funding decisions, you, Theresa May, are the Prime Minister in charge of funding the NHS in Wales. So, yeah. so the First Minister wrote to the... Uh, uh, UK Statistics Authority, and the Statistics Authority upheld his complaint. And he's saying, yeah, you're right to say the comparison is not valid. Um, and the waiting times between UK countries are difficult for a variety of reasons, including differences in data collection and health service structure, the use of walk-in centres and so forth. Um, and then... So, so David Norgrove, who's the chair of the UK Statistics Authority, says it's clearly important to be able to compare health and social care service performance across the UK, particularly to learn lessons from different way of doing things. And fundamentally, he's kind of saying, yeah, we have, if you don't do measure it right, you can't have those kind of meaningful discussions. So what Theresa May is doing in that in answering that question in that way is doing what Trump's doing, which is to grab hold of the statistics, slap them in the face of uh, the opposition, and then sit down and go, yeah, job done, without – she's not yeah. showing any of the workings out and consequently making it very difficult to have a grown-up talk <laughs> about – the health provisions just in the same way that Trump is is preventing the possibility of having a grown-up talk about immigration. Yeah, one of the difficult things with this fallacy is that mm. um, in terms of arguing against it, basically, is that it's easy to present a statistic, especially if you don't really care whether it's true or how accurate yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really easy to do that. It's much harder to know all possible statistics off the top of your head so that yeah. you're ready to, to debunk that. Yeah. So when someone throws one at you, usually people can't just say, well, that's not true and here's why. Um, yeah. Usually people have to say, okay, I'll have to go away and look that up. <laughs> so you can't, it's, it's, um, it's hard to immediately fight back and, and explain why someone is using that statistic wrongly unless you happen to know it by heart. And I guess that's why it works as a compelling argument 
and it's difficult in the moment to call someone up and say, yeah, wait a minute, you're wrong. Um, and that, and so you can kind of win the argument be, just by the fact that you're trotting out those numbers. And yeah. it seems to be that the more convincing statistics include very detailed numbers right down to the, the last figure. So the Theresa May, you know, went down to, sorry, it was 7,000 something, something and one. It wasn't rounded yeah. up or anything. It sounded convincing. That's the thing about statistics, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to have like a seven or a two or a one at the end but you, and not round it up or round it down. And then that way yeah. it doesn't sound like a statistic. It You know, it doesn't sound like an average. It sounds like the real thing. Which is why pi is such a compelling number, I guess. with the amazing 80s synth-pop classic, Fallacy in the Wild. Yeah. Excellent. I've realised, actually, my uh, I really like 80s stuff and that my <laughs> my singing range suits that kind of pompous... So we're going to have to... We're going to have a run of 80s ones now. I think so, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to look at the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective, and our first example is... Kind of fake political. <laughs> so it's from the the absolutely brilliant and genius uh, British sitcom Yes Minister. And um, in this scene, uh, hum- Sir Humphrey is explaining to Bernard how polling companies massage their statistics sometimes. Well, the party who had an opinion poll done, it seems all the voters are in favour of bringing back national service. Well, I have another opinion poll done showing the voters are against bringing back national service. <laughs> we can't be for it. Oh, against. of course they can, Bernard. Have you ever been surveyed? Yes. Well, not me, actually. My house. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> well, Bernard, you know what happens. Nice young lady comes up to you. Obviously, you want to create a good impression. You don't want to look a fool, do you? <laughs> no. No. So she starts asking you some questions. Mr. Woolley, are you worried about the number of young people without jobs? Yes. Are you worried about the rise in crime among teenagers? Yes. Do you think there's a lack of discipline in our comprehensive schools? Yes. Do you think young people welcome some authority and leadership in their lives? Yes. Do you think they respond to a challenge? Yes. Would you be in favour of reintroducing national service? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I suppose I might. Yes or no? Yes. Of course you would, Bernard. After all you've told you, you can't say no to that. <laughs> so, they don't mention the first five questions and they publish the last one. Is that really what they do? Well, not the reputable ones, no, but there aren't many of those. <laughs> so, alternatively, the young lady can get the opposite result. How? Mr Woolley, are you worried about the danger of war? Yes. Are you worried about the growth of armaments? Yes. Do you think there's a danger in giving young people guns and teaching them how to kill? Yes. Do you think it's wrong to force people to take up arms against their will? Yes. Would you oppose the reintroduction of national service? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Humphrey there perfectly illustrates Mm. how uh, asking the right questions can get the answer that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that is a danger when looking at statistics. Yeah, because you can take away all the other questions and you just publish the result for that one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our our second example in the Fallacy in the Wild is from The Simpsons uh, in an episode where Homer has become a vigilante. And in his gang, he has uh, Jimbo, one of the school bullies, whose uh, whose special skill is beating people with a sack of doorknobs. (laughs) (laughs) And Homer gets uh, interviewed on the local news. Mr. Simpson, how do you respond to the charge that petty vandalism such as graffiti is down 80% while heavy sack beatings are up a shocking 900%? Oh, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> heavy heavy sack beatings yeah, are up 900%. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, that yeah, 40% of people know that. That reminds me of the, uh, there's a British comedian, Vic Reeves, who uh, once said 88.2% of statistics are made up on the spot, which is a kind of update of Benjamin Disraeli, apparently was attributed to saying that by Mark Twain, amongst others, being three kinds of lies, lies, damned lies, and statistics. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yeah, it's the time for fake news, the game in which I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. And yeah. we are on the cusp of greatness here, because uh, yes, if you get this absolutely. one right, you are, you are up to the level of random chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole kind of the position of just going, well, yeah, I'm just winning this. You know, I'm the best at getting it right. Two in a row, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, two yeah. in a row. So yeah. this would be a, a record-breaking run it if would, you did manage Yes, exactly. It would. <laughs> the, the theme this week is yeah. intelligence. Okay. And yep. because Trump has been talking uh, this week and last week about how his intelligence people, basically they're just wrong about yeah. Iran and, uh, and Russia and North Korea. Yeah. And although they literally disagreed with him in televised public speaking, yeah, it, yeah. he said that they were misquoted and uh, that they they all actually agreed with him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, statement number one: I've listened to these intelligence people go on and on, and quite frankly, it's a waste of time. I can do my job without any intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or number two. My intelligence people, if they said in fact that Iran is a wonderful kindergarten, I disagree with them 100%. It's a vicious country that kills many people. Mm-hmm. Or number three, this is this time he's talking about uh, the allegation that basically all of the intelligence agencies agree that uh, Russia was involved in influencing okay. the election. Yeah. He says... I heard it was 17 agencies. I said, boy, that's a lot. Do we even have that many intelligence agencies? Let's check it. And we did some very heavy research. It turned out to be three or four. Right. <laughs> Surely he'd know exactly how many it turned out if they did heavy research. Yeah, that's, that's one, of his, <laughs> one of his usual, um, I'm going to sound convincing by giving you a number. Mate, yeah, he's, yeah, mainly a prime number. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I love that. That's it. If only he knew that actually he's a stand up comic, then <laughs> that would be perfect because it's the setup. Is you know, I've listened, it's the I don't have to sit here listening to you insult me, I can have that at home. It's you know, I've listened to these intelligent people go on and on. Quite frankly, it's a waste of time. I can do my job without intelligence whatsoever. It's a brilliant <laughs> gag, but he, he just doesn't know that he does that. My intelligent people, if they said, if they said in fact that Iran is a wonderful kid, I disagree with them 100%. So I think number two is probably true because that's the basis of his disagreement, isn't it? That he, he he just, he has this gut feeling about stuff. It's a vicious country that kills many people, not unlike the US. I heard it was 17 agencies. I said, boy, that's a lot. Do we have many? Do we even have that many? And then we um, we turned out to be three or four. Okay, that's got the. See, that's got the. Having learned from last week where Marsh said, yeah, the three or four thing kind of is right. And then he was wrong. Ha ha. Um, so, mm, okay. See, the first one, I really want him to have said that. Um, Okay, I think number three is the one that you made up. Okay. Yeah. So you think number two is real? Yeah. About the kindergarten? Yeah. And uh, number two is real. My intelligence people, if they said, in fact, that Iran is a wonderful kindergarten, I disagree with them 100%. It is a vicious country that kills many people. But he kind of is setting them up. He's doing a straw man there, isn't he? Yeah, because they saying, haven't said it's a wonderful. No, <laughs> and if they if they said you know if they said Iran is a place where you can get donuts and cushions, I would disagree with them. Well, that, but yeah. they haven't. You know, he kind of does it with that if he puts the if in to to yeah. which is plausible deniability, and then comes up with a straw man, 
and then said, well, I disagree. Yeah, the extent, basically, of what they've said about Iran, pretty much, is that they appear to be complying with, with the, the, the nuclear treaty, which yeah. Um, yeah. he pulled out of. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's that's it. They're just saying, yeah, they're not not currently a threat. Yeah. Um, And he's determined to go to war with them because he he just wants to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Right. Okay. You think number one one is uh, real? It's mainly, yeah. (laughs) Is fake news. Oh, it was mainly because I really wanted it. It's a very good joke. It is good. And actually, I can't take credit for that joke. That is is a a quote that has been attributed to Trump by people on Twitter, a lot of whom have believed it. But it's actually (laughs) from a a piece in The New Yorker by Andy Borowitz. Uh, Um, I've slightly adapted it, but but basically the the frame of it is is by a satirist so that's yeah, why it's yeah. a good setup and a good joke yeah yeah um, and it does it does sound like the kind of thing he'd say which is why yeah a lot it of people have actually thought it yeah, was true exactly. yeah 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 no well there you go it's a yeah it's a fake drum quote yeah nice yeah. very nice so um so which oh means my that god number three is real oh. and uh here it is <laughs> i heard it was 17 agencies i said boy that's a lot do we even have that many intelligence agencies, right? Let's check it. And we did some very heavy research. It turned out to be three or four. <laughs> so it's kind of... <laughs> how much research do you need to do to find out to, how many intelligence to, Yeah, heavy. You need to do a lot of heavy research. Yeah. It involves numbers <laughs> going all the way up to 17. That's, so it's... What? But so he's, <laughs> he's done the distracting thing where he's just going, and I'm just taking away the validity of their point by saying there aren't 17 of them that agree there are only three or four so yeah i should have just to give this some context okay yeah um he heard there were 17 agencies who thought that russia interfered with the election because there are 17 intelligence agencies okay and they're all under the um the the aegis of the director of national intelligence basically he's kind of in charge of all of them yeah the point is that all of them confirmed mm, yeah. that this had gone on, yeah. but not based on their own intelligence. Yeah. So, so they they kind of looked at the intelligence that had been gathered by three or four, as Trump says. Oh, okay. But those three or four were the CIA, the FBI, yeah. and the National <laughs> Security Agency. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, are yeah. pretty important yeah. intelligence yeah. agencies. So what the other ones um, have done is just doing the triangulation to to yeah. check check the the veracity of their findings. Yeah, and the other agencies yeah. are are not related to this, so they wouldn't mm. be looking into it on their own. They're places mm. like um, the Air Force Intelligence, and Army Intelligence, yeah. and um, the Treasury Department, and yeah. the DEA, for example. So they wouldn't be investigating this. Yeah, but they have confirmed the intelligence that was gathered by the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA, which yeah. points very strongly to Russia interfering with the election. So he's not completely wrong in saying it wasn't 17 who said it. No. But he's trying to use that to dismiss the the all of the ones who would be involved in investigating this, saying yeah. they did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that means is... Unfortunately, ah. your your amazing run has been broken. Oh no! And and, and uh, it also means that Trump's still in the White House. <laughs> yeah. It does mean that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so you're currently at twenty nine percent. Hey, uh, that's right. Which is that's good. Yeah. Well, that statistically means I'm winning. Yeah. If you use Trump's <laughs> statistics, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> So, podcast listeners, I need your help to fool Mark. If you think you can make up a convincing fake Trump quote, then share this episode on Twitter, include your quote, and the hashtag fallacious Trump. I'll pick the best one, and you'll be podcast famous. And this is the part of the episode that, this week at least, is called The State of the Union is Not a Logical Fallacy. Because Yay. We need to talk about the State of the Union. State of the Union, yeah. Which... It was, um, yeah. I mean, there, to be honest, there's way too much to talk about. So we, we're not even going to yeah. get to a lot of the stuff 
um, that that went on and that Trump talked about because he talked about a lot of shit. But yeah. and it went on actually it went on nearly an hour and a half, Good which God. is really long and um, yeah, kind of boring. Kind of boring. Yeah, and mostly. <laughs> well, but is that mostly because he was kind of on script? Did, he, did he he did didn't go pretty on to do much stick to the script. Stuff? Yeah, he did the odd ad lib. Yeah. But he pretty much stuck to the script. I mean, the script itself obviously had some issues. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just basically, it was a, yet another campaign speech. Yeah, it was basically a rally. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and people were giving standing ovations to basically anything that he said. Mm. Anytime he paused for breath, the yeah. Republicans were standing up and clapping and that at various points were chanting USA, 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 which... I mean, I'm surprised they yeah, didn't yeah. start ch- chanting "lock her up." Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was very rallyish, yeah, uh, in places. So, yeah. I mean, among the things he tried to take credit for was this. And now, for the first time in 65 years, we are a net exporter of energy. Now, that is a true fact, uh, provided you assume now means yeah. since 2015. Under Obama, oh, um, uh, but because that's not, when the US became a net exporter okay. of energy, and it has remained that, the same ever since. Nothing to do with Trump at all. Uh, okay, so he's right. Okay, so he's just travelled back in time <laughs> to 2015. Yeah, so now, now in 2015, 15 for the first time in 65 years. Yeah, not now yeah. for the first time in 65. <laughs> yeah, but at least that was a true thing that he said. Yeah, you know, it is it is accurate that, that the US is a net exporter? Um, this one, it was just made up. The border city of El Paso, Texas, used to have extremely high rates of violent crime, one of the highest in the entire country, and considered one of our nation's most dangerous cities. Now. Immediately upon its building, with a powerful barrier in place, El Paso is one of the safest cities in our country. Simply put, walls work and walls save lives. So that kind of suggests that there used to be a problem in El Paso. Yeah. Trump built a wall. Now there isn't a problem. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll buy that, but yeah. In terms of violent crimes, it has been for for years and years like the third least violent city above a certain uh, size, like above 500,000 inhabitants. Yeah. Um in the US, the border fence that was authorized in the area of El Paso, which was authorized by Bush in 2006, went up in kind of 2008-2009. Right. Nothing to do with Trump obviously. No. And and <laughs> The violent crime rate between 2006 and 2011, so two years yeah. either side of the border, uh, the wall being built, the fence being built, yeah. actually increased by 17% in El Paso. Oh. The fence had absolutely nothing to do with the violent crime rate in that city. It no. didn't go down. It still isn't high. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just completely made up. There's yeah. no part of that sentence that is true. What does he think he's get? Does he think that nobody can check this stuff? Is, I think not only that, but he doesn't realize or doesn't care that there were literally five or six major news organizations fact checking it as they were as he was as saying they it. Were, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. While yeah. he was saying it, and things yeah. were going off on screen saying this isn't true. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. It's it is. I don't understand that at all. But the the trouble here is that this doesn't just um, debunk what he said. Mm. It really damages his argument because if if you have to lie to make your point, if you have to completely blatantly make up facts to make your point, presumably... In a in one of the you know the most important speeches you give in the entire year, exactly, yeah. The people doing the research couldn't find a place where the facts supported the argument. Yeah, 
Because if they did, they would have used that instead, surely. Yeah. So the, Instead so of the, making up something about a, no, a well-known city that you can look up the statistics for. Yeah, exactly. Because if, if there were true things, they would have used those. So the thing is, he's going to have to get this legislation passed, the kind of people, the Democrats, the kind of people who are going to be checking the truth of what he's saying. So it's pointless to even entertain the idea of making something up because the very people in the Congress who are going to be listening to the arguments and then voting on them are going to know that your argument is completely baseless and just go, well, no, you just made that up. So no, we're not going to give you five billion for the wall. If only the same were happening about Brexit. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's just not true. <laughs> just give it up. So another thing he kind of made up. Yeah. Um, but more, I suppose in this case, it was about expressing the the right-wing outrage that has been going on about this, uh, was about um, the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, mm. and the statements that he made about um, medical care for babies that were non-viable. He, he made a statement on a radio uh, show about this. Right. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia where he stated he would execute a baby after birth. So Ralph Northam has a lot of difficulties at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But he did <laughs> not say he would execute <laughs> no. a baby no. after birth. No. It's so bizarre. I mean, this is, this is a current uh, right-wing talking point saying that what Northam was saying on on this radio show was that they was that after birth yeah the parent and the doctors will just decide whether or not to kill the baby it's right. so bizarre cuz it he clearly he didn't word it very well what he said because the conversation was about late term abortions at first yeah. and yeah. then he was talking in his answer about babies with severe deformities yeah. and uh, fetuses that are non-viable. Yeah. So these are babies that will not survive on their own. Yeah. And and what he said was, if a mother's in labour, the infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable, the infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Mm-hmm. So he's not saying they'll they'll make sure the baby's all right, and then when it's all right, they'll decide they'll whether or not to kill it. Kill it. Yeah. <laughs> they're saying they're saying if it's possible even to keep it alive for a little bit and they decide that that's not incredibly cruel to this deformed baby yeah. they'll they'll try and keep it alive and then decide you know what to do, what next, to do next whether yeah. whether to withdraw care yeah. because that's actually probably the kindest thing yeah in some cases and and for many babies unfortunately that is necessary that yeah. that they will not survive and you have to make that call and that's not infanticide that's the same as deciding whether your relative who's been in a car accident needs to be taken off life support yeah because they're yeah, not because going they to can't live survive on their own yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so well it's just a, it is a um it's a progression from the one that we talked about before where trump says um not only is there legislation that will allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments before birth? Well, well no, yeah. that, that is birth. That is, yes, that, you know, is, that you know, is delivering a that's baby. That's actually birth. Not <laughs> sure about the ripping, but, you know, maybe if you're delivered by Von Tues, that might involve some, it might be a little bit of tearing that goes on. But they, they so it's just to, to ramp it up because he couldn't get away with that bit. And and that's not true either, because that's all about 20, <laughs> 24 weeks rather than thirty seven. Yeah. You know, uh, full term. And you get, well, you know, it's just kind of late, late ones. is post twenty one weeks, so yeah. it's not. It isn't an even then, out moment it's, before it's birth. Only in cases of uh, non viable mm. fetuses or danger to the to the health of yeah. the mother. Yeah, and and. Even in states where um, they do prohibit uh, abortion past a certain uh, time, you know, in any case, it, it, like a blanket ban, yeah, that still doesn't 
prevent doctors from saving a mother's life by terminating mm. the, the pregnancy. Mm. That yeah. doesn't stop that from happening because if the mother, if the mother's life is in jeopardy, her rights become important too. So is it, yes, exactly. But yeah, which bit of which bit of the life is it, is it about? And and it's just it's just ushering in the right wing religious Republicans vote. You know, it's that if he, if anyone needs to appeal to his base. Let's face it, it is Trump. So that's what he's doing. He's kind of getting them on board again in order preparing him to go for for the second term, uh, to go full term. Ha ha. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so finally, uh, he said. I mean, among many other things that we just don't have time for, he said uh, a quite amazing thing yeah. about North <laughs> Korea. <laughs> yeah. If I had not been elected President of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion, be in a major war with North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, in your opinion, but the thing yeah. is, the thing is, because you were elected President of the United States, the very possibility of war with Korea came about. Yeah, Whereas that's the only reason it was an issue. Yeah. Was because he was pissing off Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And you're calling him Rocket Man and, and Fat Boy or whatever. Yeah. And then saying, oh, no, we're great friends, and then insulting him. And you get, what? But people, it's because he... Well, and also being just completely uh, fooled by him in every mm. possible way. Yeah, yeah. Coming, yeah. coming back and saying, oh, yeah, we signed an agreement and they're definitely, de it's solved now. There's no issue now with North Korea, yeah. which is bullshit because they didn't sign uh, an Anything. agreement to denuclearize no. and they definitely aren't denuclearizing. They're no. definitely continuing to, to, to progress with their um, nuclear capability. Yeah. And, and explode According things. to all intelligence agencies. Yeah, and all various, 17 probably. Yeah, all 17 and <laughs> other ones that measure seismic shocks, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. After 35 days of partial shutdown, soon after we recorded the last episode, Trump called a press conference in the Rose Garden to admit he'd lost. OK, he didn't actually say that. Instead, he talked for 15 minutes about the importance of walls and the drawbacks of duct tape over mouths. But it was all just a long way of saying, I lost, Nancy won, she made me come out here and tell you I'm the worst deal maker in the world. Trump got precisely zero dollars out of the five billion he demanded for the wall and accepted the exact deal the Democrats offered a whole month earlier, negotiations in return for reopening the government. Continuing to confirm that Trump gets his immigration crisis information from on-demand TV and really can't tell the difference between the movies and real life, the Twitter account at AltUSCIS identified film clips from Sicario, Day of the Soldado, the sequel to Dennis Villeneuve's critically acclaimed 2015 thriller. They correspond with Trump's wall justification rants on the... January the 8th, or as we know it, four minutes, 30 seconds into the movie, Trump claimed that a rancher had discovered prayer rugs left by illegal immigrants. On the 24th of January, or 25 minutes into the movie, he reported seeing his favourite Home Depot-based image again of women abducted with duct tape over their mouths. If we could just get him a subscription to the Disney Channel on demand, his border crisis might feature the four My Little Ponies of the Apocalypse instead, which, come to think of it, would be much more credible. Yeah, he also said in a, a meeting that the press were attending that yeah. how, how much faster the, the Coyotes' cars were than anything the Border Patrol had. Right. Which was, which was again, clearly out, out of the movie. Scario, yeah. They? Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> Fast and the Furious, basically. But they've got these amazing cars. They're better yeah. than anything we've got. Yeah, well, that's, it's that's, just, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's like the, the, the British government saying, yeah, all the bad guys, they've got Jaguars. Yeah, you've got ja Jaguar got yeah out of the top, <laughs> and they out of the, and they fire at us, and you yeah. know we we really really need some more funding because all we've got are, are BMWs with no roofs on. Yeah, yeah. it's just, what <sighs> we learned about Trump's executive time a few months ago. Now that's the euphemism for watching Fox News and tweeting that appears on the president's daily schedule. But last week. 
a White House staffer leaked months' worth of official schedules to Axios, which revealed that since the midterms, over 60% of Trump's working day is executive time. Sarah Huckabee Sanders defended this by saying the lack of structure allows for a more creative environment. I mean, you have to admit, he is creative. Yeah. Some of the crap he comes out with must take hours to come up with. <laughs> 60% of his day. <laughs> Since Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez reminded people that the top tax bracket in this country used to be as high as 70% for decades, during which time there was still economic growth and rich people, even Fox News' own polls found 70% of respondents supported raising taxes on annual income over £10 million. 65% were for raising taxes on those making over £1 million per year. In their efforts to find an explanation for why so many people are turned off by unfettered, unregulated and unaccountable capitalism, Charles Payne of Fox Business offered, by way of explanation... Schools have brainwashed kids with lessons about fairness. What next? The self-evident truth that all men are created equal? Goddamn commies! Now that the shutdown is over, people have been doing their tax returns, and a lot of people are finding that their tax refund might be a bit smaller than usual this year, with some even owing the IRS for the first time that they can remember. That's because Trump had his acting IRS commissioner reduce the amount of withholdings that they were taking from pay packets during the year so that everyone felt like they were paying less tax before the midterms, which they were. But that means smaller tax refunds, which is finally causing some Trump voters to rethink their allegiance. <laughs> Colluding with Russia and putting kids in cages didn't do it, but a couple of grand less in the bank and suddenly they're seeing the light. Yeah, well, Al Pacino got done for tax avoidance. Not Al Pacino. Uh, not Al Pacino. Al Don't Capone. No, Al, <laughs> Al Capone got done for tax avoidance. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Al Pacino doesn't listen to this, but... I don't think anyone denied it. <laughs> Chairman of House Intelligence Committee Adam Schiff oversaw a vote on Wednesday 6th of February to send dozens of witness interview transcripts from its Russia investigation to Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Schiff said House investigators would broaden the scope of the Russia probe by looking into whether Trump boys associates have sought to influence US government policy in service of foreign interests and whether any foreign actor has sought to compromise or hold leverage, financial or otherwise over Donald Trump, his family, business or associates. Trump whined about Schiff, unfairly singling him out. No other politician has to go through that. It's called presidential harassment. That's not a thing, Donald. Wishing to be governed by non-traitorous, law-abiding, tax-paying, trustworthy citizens is a thing. After Virginia Democratic Governor Ralph Northam said that thing about babies on the radio, someone dug up an old yearbook of his that had a picture of one person in a KKK costume alongside another in blackface. At first, Ralph apologised and admitted he was one of the people in the photo. Republicans immediately demanded he resign because racism, and, much to their horror, Democrats joined in. Then Ralph held a bizarre press conference in which he said actually he didn't think he was one of the people in the photo, although he did once black up to dress as Michael Jackson and moonwalk. <laughs> a reporter asked if he could still moonwalk, and if his wife hadn't stopped him, he totally would have had a go right there. Yes. <laughs> as of this recording, Northam still hasn't resigned. And now his lieutenant governor, Justin Fairfax, has been accused of sexual assault. Democrats were embarrassingly quiet for a couple of days about Fairfax, but as more details emerged, many are calling for an investigation. Should both resign, the governorship would pass to Attorney General Mark Herring, but he's also admitted to blacking up in college. <laughs> <laughs> so the next in line is the Speaker of the House of Delegates, who is a Republican. It's been Republican political strategy since the mid-1970s to suppress the votes of the classes of voters to which conservatism declines to appeal. With the added benefit of rolling back those pesky, hard-won civil rights movement achievements, an episode in history that republicanism considers an aberration to the natural order of things. So, when the Democrats propose to make federal election days national holidays so that, hey, you know, maybe people wouldn't have to worry about being late for work or taking time off to be able to vote, Mitch McConnell, of course, declared that such a humane, sharing, caring act of equality could only mean an attempted power grab. 
is it me or is that weird, sweaty, wide top lip of his starting to make him look like P.W. Botha, the supporter of South African apartheid and opponent of majority rule? Mm-hmm. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. The show notes for this episode are on our brand new website at fallaciousTrump.com slash FT19. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get the podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our newest patron, Richard Hopkins. Yay, thank you, Richard. Fantastic. And if you enjoyed our interview with Marsh from the Merseyside Skeptics last week, patrons got an extended version of that interview. You can also connect with us and other listeners on the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump, where we'll post some links to some of the stuff we talked about. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.